Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup. I'm Sonia Green from SoniaGreenCoaching.com. And I am Judith Fender. I'm one of the amazing coaches at No BS Weight Loss Program. And this morning, we have an amazing topic for you. <laughs> we are talking about self-compassion mm-hmm. and how to create more of it in our lives. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's something, you know, when we were talking this morning, um, it's, it's easy to see that the more we create, the better our relationships are going to be, the better our world is going to be. 100%. How yeah. many times have I said that? 100%. I, I always agree with you, Sonia. I'm, I'm stealing <laughs> from you. Well, but let's, let's back up and, and start with defining what is self-compassion. Okay. Whose definition are we going with? Remind me again. <laughs> we let's, did <laughs> let's just kind of do a broad, um, okay. broad overview of what people say. And we've, we've been reading different researchers looking at at different research on self-compassion. And, but I think the beauty is that they all do kind of, there's a lot of overlap in the definition. Mm -hmm. So Kristen Neff, um, who we both uh, have been researching, um, calls self-compassion is not judging. It's relating to the self-kindly flaws and all. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heavy emphasis on the flaws and right. right. And then um, Tara Brock, who is someone that I have been following and that I listen to on YouTube a lot. And she has on her website. Now we're not sure this is a definition, but we both agree. This is like, this is like such a touchstone definition of self-compassion in the Buddhist teaching. Compassion is described as a quivering of the heart. In response to suffering, compassion awakens as we allow ourselves to be touched by our shared vulnerability, our own or that of another. It is the medicine we most need to bring healing to our world. Yeah, I love that. Me too. I, because, you know, and, and one thing that they all talk about is, is human suffering mm-hmm. and how. I guess our, our response culturally, for whatever reason, we've developed this response, our response to our own suffering is to beat ourselves as, as a way of motivating ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've had at least two podcasts on beating ourselves up talking about that. (laughs) Right. So it's something that that we know well. um, And Mm-hmm. And have practiced because it is, it's, it's a big cultural thing, but self-compassion is what's going to move us away from that practice. And that's the, that's, what's going to heal what heal the world. Is that what she said? Yeah. It's going to heal our own. Yeah. Our own world. It's yeah. bring, bring healing. Yeah. So we, as we were looking at this, I, one of the things that really resonated with me is um, because, you know, I I work with, with college students is that self-compassion 
is a very different way to healing and acceptance than the thing that I think has been popular for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, which is the self-esteem movement. Right, right. It Oh, yeah. And you see it a lot in schools. You see it, I mean, in elementary schools, mm-hmm. like um, you walk into any of the, my kids have been in different elementary schools across the country, at, you know, over the course of, <laughs> we had kids for a long stretch, but during, during this last 15 years, if you walk into any elementary school, you see these things, you know, with, I am a leader, I am all Mm -hmm. of these things to build self-esteem in kids. Mm -hmm. And now they've started studying it and they're finding, and this, this was not a huge surprise to me that the self-esteem movement has actually kind of backfired. It's, I just, we, we find this a little devastating myself Mm -hmm. um, that, that we are creating, um, more suffering (laughs) at the expense of other people. Yeah. Because the problem with self-esteem is, you know, um, you can't, you can't be a leader unless everybody else is a follower. So you get into this mode of, I have to put everybody else below me for me to have self-esteem. Right. Right. And so we've created a generation where narcissism and bullying have actually increased. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of the way self-esteem has been taught. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I don't put this back on the schools. It's not their fault for this being the way, because I think we as parents, you know, sometimes that's our understanding too. The only way to, because self-esteem is a global um, judgment, I guess, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of your Mm self-worth. And so I don't know any other way to do it, or I guess I do, but I, you know, in thinking about it, it seems the easiest way is to put yourself against somebody else and make yourself look better, which you know, this is interesting. And I, I think I'm going to get somewhere with this in my thinking. Um, as, as, as I was researching this, the, with the self-compassion component, what, what I, the, con- the connectedness that I made is that we, the exclusion of others, right? Because when, when we're building our self-esteem, we are excluding ourselves from others and our groups, our, ours become at the exclusion of others, which is the compassion movement is towards inclusivity, including others and finding our similarities and how we get along. And I thought that was just really, yeah, um, just super interesting to see it, see it unfold on a, um, uh, what do we call this level when it's, I I guess it's on the, on the level of humanity here, where, where we're trying to work on inclusivity, including Yeah. And so that's compassion. Self-compassion is the way to this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we, I guess we're, we're leading the charge today to, to do our little part, to bring people together. But as long as we focus on self-esteem, we're not, we're going to be breaking down. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I love the way you said that. Um, but with self-compassion, it's not indulgent at all. In fact, it's healing. It's healing. It's healing. Uh, a quivering of the heart. That. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, and, and I think that goes to what, um, to being grounded. Mm. And a lot of the self-compassion research talks about the importance of being grounded. And I love the way you always talk about this. So I'm going to throw it to you to talk about. <laughs> and of course, like when here, I'm like, wait a minute, how do I talk about it? <laughs> Like, let me think, what do I say? Well, here's, here's the thing. And so much of how the brain travels and tells stories, right? Because this it's stories, they're creations. They're, they're not real. And so many of us are off in the future. We're thinking about, you know, where we're going to go on vacation or what's going to happen here or there, or, or we're diddling in the past, living in the past. Why did so-and-so do this to me? Like, so we're, we're leaving the body mm-hmm. when our thoughts are not in the present moment, when we're not connected with ourselves, the thoughts are gone. So coming back to the body where the breath is, where your feet are on the ground, um, brings us back to centeredness, brings us back to connectedness. And I even think of it as like being grounded in the earth. And that even means grounded in humanity and the common suffering. I mean, it has, it has much more impact in that. This is not unique, whatever it is I'm feeling right now. Well, and I'm trying to remember who it is who talks about the groundedness. And uh, one of the reasons when you talked about being one with, with the earth, um, one of the reasons that we've lost our groundedness is because of the kinds of shoes that we wear. Yeah. Because we are so far removed. We're the only living animal that, that wears clothing Mm -hmm. and we are so disconnected both, you know, we live in homes, we wear shoes, we get in cars and we're never touching the earth. And do you know what I have here? Have I ever told you about this? I don't have it on right now, but I put it on. I have a a grounding wire. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about it. Well, I can't remember exactly all the details of it, but I thought I sit here in front of um, technology, technology, and I get, I don't know if it's the positive or the negative or whatever that is. But um, when I got, I was going down the grounding research. And when I came across that, I thought, and it had this link to, you know, getting a grounding wire. And I thought, you know, we, we ground, we ground our homes, mm-hmm. right? So I thought, why not just ground myself while I'm sitting here? Yeah. And so I do. I, and it's, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and I'll talk about it as from a perspective of growing up on a farm. And I mm-hmm. still love, I garden every year. Mm-hmm. Um, there is nothing that feels better to me than going barefoot outside. And, you know, it's something that we, we constantly tell kids not to do that anymore, but getting my feet in the dirt is a, I don't want to say a spiritual experience, but it is, it a, is, it, it is, it I'm really like it is, it's oh, it a is. healing experience, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. feel that soft dirt, that smell to just go out and smell, um, we cut hay this week and okay. And so my son and I, my seven-year-old son and I were walking across the field and he stopped for a minute and he just, 
And he said, oh, mama, that smell. I said, it's the best smell on earth. And, oh. you know, those are the smells that, that ground ground us. In a similar path, I'll go when I think about where I'm most barefoot is on vacation, right? Walking on the beach. Oh, yeah. And it just, for me, like, you know, of course you're on vacation and then just add in that I I will sit and walk and be in the sand 24-7 if I could. I could sit in my little folding chair. Well, probably not right now with my butt condition, but yeah. Getting better y'all and walk um, and walk sit and walk sit and walk lay um, yeah but just being with the sand and touching the earth and being connected in that way and of course it's relaxing and it just brings all of the feel goods which comes back to the skin you and I were talking about and Kristen right. Neff talks about the the skin being the largest organ yes and the touch mm-hmm. yes because self-compassion releases opiates and oxytocin in our brains. Yes. Which are the feel good hormones that relax us and connect us that are nurturing. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and so that's a, that's a moment to do that, but you know, we can all take those moments, right? We Mm -hmm. can, you don't have to go out into nature. It's great to do that at every opportunity and to, you know, I, I would encourage everybody to take some time to walk barefoot in their yard, if Mm -hmm. nothing else. Mm -hmm. But grounding yourself, just checking in with who you are in the present, breathing deeply, touching your skin. You know, I I lay my hand on my chest or on my heart, but there's a lot of ways you can do it. Your body doesn't know the difference between you touching your skin and somebody else touching your skin. Mm -hmm. It, It releases the same positive, the same opiates, the same oxytocin. So that's an important part. I was listening to Tara Brock and she was talking about a, um, I guess it would have been a psychotherapist working with a client who, no, it was her. Tara was working with someone and she said that, um, that she had the woman cross her arm, like hug herself. Mm-hmm. And the woman in this, in this moment, and the woman said she was having a difficult time doing it for herself. And so she imagined that it was her grandmother. hugging her because that was her person. And I thought that was really powerful too, because it does like, you're thinking like, Ooh, you know? Yeah. But when you think of it as a loved one, some, someone that you would like to be connected with and think of them hugging you, it, it really does change the, change the thought, (laughs) change the experience. And, you know, over the last year with COVID, I, I am a hugger. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's naturally who I am. And not being able to just reach out and hug somebody mm-hmm. has been difficult. I miss that human contact. I mean, I still have it, you know, with, with my husband and my kids. And But I mean, I'll hug just about anybody. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> beware, beware. <laughs> so we had camp a couple of weeks ago and we had to wear stickers because of COVID, you know, green yeah. mint, green mint, you could hug me. So I had like three green stickers on there so that I could get some hugs. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm it's the same. Important. It, it is. It, I don't even think about it even, but no. you know, there's COVID. Yeah. But anyway, so self-compassion, how, how self-compassion <laughs> deals with hug or connects to hugging is it's an important part of it. That human contact helps us to 
I mm-hmm. think, um, to love ourselves. So another thing that um, when Neff was talking, she talks about there are three reasons that we should build self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not just because we want to fight narcissism and bullying in our society, but three ways that it actually benefits um, us. And I think these are, these are really helpful when I'm coaching clients. I rely on these a lot. The first one is um, having that kindness toward yourself. Mm-hmm. And the, the analogy that I'm always using, and you probably use this as well, is how would you treat a friend in this situation? Oh, yeah. If a friend was dealing with this particular circumstance that you're currently beating yourself up about, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? For sure. In fact, I was, I was coaching somebody on that just the other day. It really reframes the, it reframes the moment, but then you sit there and here's where Tara Brock calls it the second arrow, right? The second arrow is the judgment that comes back in. And then like, you can immediately be like, why am I so mean to myself? Why am I doing yeah. this? <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. being really careful when you do go down and um, when you're reframing to know mm-hmm. that we don't, we don't continue to judge ourselves, but right. to offer compassion to yourself. kindness to self it's the kindness keep being kind no second arrows it's devoid of judgment and you know I think about this when I when I think about values we just talked about values last week um kindness has been one of one of my values Mm. um that is important to me but it's it's kindness to self and kindness to others I think Kindness to others comes easy to most of us, it, especially people listening to this podcast. If you're if you're worried about self development, if you're you know interested mm-hmm. in self development, you are probably already kind to other people. Mm-hmm. But it's the kindness to self mm-hmm. and reframing it. How mm-hmm. would I treat somebody else and not judging? Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference there. Why do you think that is? I'm curious. Why do I think it's so easy to judge ourselves? No. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it is that people are more kind to others than self? Hmm. I, you know, we can, the, the first thing that comes up for me is the whole staying in the tribe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we do want to be part of a society and it's important for us to be in a society, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm totally happy with that answer. Mm. What are your thoughts? Well, my, my thoughts are because now as we are having this self-development movement, it seems like, I mean, here yeah. you and I are in it and we're, we're working with people who are in it is I wonder is, is letting that veil down that we're discussing. Like we're having discussions like, Oh, you have these same thoughts that I do like this awareness that it's, it is not, not unique to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where that can help us um, to be more compassionate. That's, that is what self-compassion is to realize that as opposed to where um, self-esteem is judging yourself against mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. 
self-compassion is realizing this is actually the second, the second point. Great segue, Judah. Right. (laughs) Hey, how about that? (laughs) Uh, The second point is, is there's a common humanity. Right. And self-compassion leads us to question, how am I alike other people? Right. And I think that's what it, you know, the chicken or the egg on this is this movement, this field, this, that we're in is when we open up and everyone shares their story. Yeah. And then we all are like, kind of like, what you think that way too? How did you figure this out? Yes. It's, um, so much more. It's very powerful. I, yeah, I talk about this with imposter syndrome. Um, because I, I realized about 15 or 16 years ago that I had imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. up until for those of us who can you just give us a refresher on imposter syndrome? Well, (laughs) feeling like I'm a fraud, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt like I was faking it and there was going to be a point where, the gig was going to be up. Somebody was going to figure out I was faking it. And they were going to be like, look at her. She's, she's not real. She doesn't really know what she's doing. She's really stupid. That was my fear. And I was at, um, I was at a a get together uh, over at a professor's house. And this woman was associate Dean. She was, you know, all the things. And she was talking about feeling like a fraud. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, it's that imposter syndrome. All the light bulbs what? went on. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so having that conversation, her sharing her story yeah. helped you. Because right. everybody, all the other women around us were like, right. oh, yeah. oh yeah. And right. I thought, what? I'm not the only person on the face of the earth. This is a thing. This is a thing. It's got a name. (laughs) And imposter syndrome. You're right. And so (laughs) self-compassion is that way too. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's one of the things that Neff says we should do is whenever we are having a moment of judgment of ourselves, we need to stop right there. Stop Mm -hmm. it and say, this is human suffering. Mm Mm-hmm. I am experiencing human suffering. It's perfectly normal that I would be experiencing this mm-hmm. and stop the judgment right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a very powerful thing to be able to catch it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and talk back to it mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. I um, It's probably one of my favorite things. I, I don't know. It's so interesting, this, the being on this journey, right? That, yeah, I was doing, I've been doing self-development for a very long time mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. And, and I was telling you pregame about, um, I can remember being a kid telling my dad, like there was, uh, maybe it was, uh, is it a tsunami? Yeah, a tsunami had hit like a, an area and there were like all these thousands of people mm-hmm. who perished. Yeah. And I can, I guess it's probably like that realization moment, right. Where think bad things are happening. Things are happening in the world. But I also remember like expressing to him and my dad being somewhat like a little bit shook at, at my wisdom of understanding like this is human suffering and all that separates, you know, if I'd been living there, that could have been me too. Yeah. And, and the magnitude of just by having geographically, because of where I live, I don't, 
I don't have to worry about tsunami, tsunamis, um, and thinking of the difference of, you know, where I had been born somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it, is it Kristen Neff that talks about seeing the homeless man? Is that in her book? Where did I just hear this? I don't remember. I think it is Kristen Neff about how we um, see the, the homeless man and how, when we, in the beginning, we're like, why is he looking at me? Why is he washing the window on my car? Why is he doing this? Oh, yes, it is. Her. And then at some point you, you realize, you know, you, you dip into compassion and think, you know, mm-hmm. who among us hasn't made a, a bad decision. You know, we're all just one paycheck away from being there or, you know, these things we hear like that just dropping into what's it, what's it like for him and yeah. how, how am I no different than him? Yeah. And we do want, I think, I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but we want to separate ourselves from that really quickly because Mm -hmm. we don't want to think that we could ever be in that position, right? We're Mm -hmm. in our comfortable cars Mm -hmm. and we don't, it, 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 it brings that fear out. Mm -hmm. What if, I mean, how quickly could I be in that position? And we don't want to do that. We separate ourselves from that. And that brings us back to that judging state. Mm. Um, But yeah, getting into compassion and understanding the circle of humanity that this could be me, it's not me, Mm. that helps us to... uh, to not judge, which I think is a critical part. I mean, we're talking about self-compassion, but mm. generally, um, even when we do connect with people's stories, if we are judgmental toward ourselves, we are also judgmental toward certain groups mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simply because of, I, I think it's because of fear. Mm. I'm having to think on this. Just, I feel in my brain immediately. I'm like, girl, you're getting ready to get a story. That's going to sound weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. I remember once, and this, this was probably about eight years ago. I remember because I posted about it on my Facebook page because I was just so shook by seeing and I'm going to get emotional as like a man and a woman. And they were, you could tell they were both, I don't know if they were homeless, but I'm going to, going to guess and say they were homeless mm-hmm. that, um, and I don't remember which one was sick, but clearly one of them was, was sick. And there were like stains on the clothes, like fresh stains. And they were at a bus stop and my heart sank because in all the things I had thought about homelessness, right. You know, and the judgments I had been placing on why they were there and was it alcoholism and was it addiction and those judgments. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, when I witnessed two people caring for each other who had no home and they were clearly not well, it was, it was, I think it was mine, even because the memory now is like a defining moment. Oh yeah. Of self-compassion of compassion for humanity mm-hmm. and the rights that humans deserve and how, how to help others. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, you know, it, you, you just can't separate them. Um, the compassion and self-compassion, mm-hmm. but I, in the same manner, I think you, you can't separate, um, judgment 
against self with judgment against others. It's, it reflects in, in weird ways. Mm -hmm. Not that you judge everyone, Mm -hmm. but you know, we see this, we see this in, in weight loss, uh, a lot people who, who have, um, just really strong self judgments about their weight. Mm -hmm. They'll also other, other people about, Oh, can you believe she's wearing that? Can you believe she's eating Mm -hmm. that? Can you Mm believe, you know, they'll, they'll break into that. And I think, like I said, I think it reflects a fear that they feel. But if, if we are practicing self-compassion, then we also are practicing compassion. So, you know, stop and say, I have, I have compassion for myself, but I have compassion for this person too. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to judge. I'm Mm -hmm. going to. But judging is normal. It is normal. It is normal. normal. Like we, I want to be sure that we say that because we have human brains. It is normal. Yes. Yes because I had a client the other day who was in a similar fashion. Um, and then she felt bad because she was judging for judging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. that's part of it. We have to, we have to move past that. Just Mm -hmm. like we don't beat ourselves up for judging ourselves. I don't think we beat the answer is not to beat ourselves up for judging other people either. No, but we do want to evolve past that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and understand where it comes from. So in that vein, you were talking about the acronym RAIN. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to so, talk about that a little yes. bit? Yes, I'm going to just flip the page over here so that I'm sure because I had in my, um, so Tara Brock has the acronym RAIN and that stands for recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. Mm-hmm. And it, in a similar, fa- it's, it's exactly that. Recognize, what am I, what am I feeling right now? allow the feeling to be there, um, investigate, what do you need? You know, like really tapping in yourself. What do you need? And she doesn't say love, but, um, someone I was listening to suggested, you know, uh, an endearing name, like sweetheart or yeah. who was it? Was that uh, Chris? She calls herself darling, darling. Which, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's a little tough for me. I can't yeah. do that. I, I, know, I was thinking girlfriend. I was like, yeah. oh, girlfriend. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's the same, except that, that we're, you know, have that insight that we're suffering and, and call yourself out by a name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so investigate, what do you, what do you need right now? Yeah. What do you need? And then nurture yourself. Yes. Provide for yourself in those moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and another thing that Neff does, which is something that I have, I have taken and put into practice is when I have those moments and I'm investigating what I need, um, I will also follow this little um, three sentence mantra. I'll say, I am safe. I am mm-hmm. peaceful. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our anxiety level kind of starts Ooh. to rise. The cortisol gets released when we're judging ourselves, when we're beating ourselves up. Um, so I am safe. I am peaceful and I am being kind and loving to myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. So just repeat that. Even if it never goes beyond that, it's amazing. The calm mm-hmm. that, that brings that, that is that nurturing. Mm-hmm. I do something similar where we're not, when I recognize a feeling and I'll just say, 
you know, oh, I noticed you're feeling, you know, this. And well, of course you're feeling this because you were thinking this and you have a perfect human brain and this is just a feeling. It's not, it's not who you are and just allowing it to be there. And I was, Tara Brock calls it um, like inviting it in to have tea with it. Like I see, she's like Mara, I see you, Mara. Come on, let's have a cup of tea. Let's talk about Well, you know what it reminds, it it reminds me of the way that you talk about anxiety and how anxiety gets to have a seat on the bus. Mm -hmm. Don't let it drive. (laughs) That's right. You know, it's, it's it's no decision making. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. that same thing. Come on, let's, let's go. Let's, and you know, I'm the same way with, with my imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I still have moments. It doesn't go away just because you recognize it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, let's go. Here we go. I would like to say though, that my anxiety is pretty dang good right now. I, I, I can't, maybe once a week, I might get a little ping, you know, the yeah. visceral feeling like yeah. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. In the solar plexus, but it, it, it's just so amazing. Cause you know, it's been about a year ago mm-hmm. at this time that I had the big cry session and that <laughs> coaching call where I coached you yeah. and then MJ coached me. Yeah. <laughs> That was only about a year it's ago. About a year ago. That? Yes. Wow. Wow. I've come a long way, baby. <laughs> you have come a long way, baby. <laughs> and you know, I, that should be, that should be, I think, to everybody listening, um, that I, I don't, I don't know if we can give any better, um, I can't, I can't find my words this morning, but if it, if you can do that, if you can get past that, because in that moment, your anxiety was real. I mean, we witnessed it. It was, it was a real thing. Mm -hmm. And to see you today, you know, coaching people on coaching calls and you're in your element. If you would have ever told me it's because I, I think about this as I'm coaching people, like realizing I went through a very real experience. It was, and it was not like weeks it was months upon months yeah. of fucking agony. Yeah. No. And I remember, <laughs> I remember fighting it at some point going, she is a different person. Yeah. She is a, because I mean, I, I watched you from the beginning of your coaching journey You know, I had the privilege of us starting together and watching you move through it. And at some point, I just remember it hitting me like, wow, yeah, this is change. This is what work on yourself can do. I think. And where would you be? You know, it's been a year. Some people, some people are like, it took a year. Mm. Well, yeah. But what would you be doing if you hadn't been working on yourself for that year? I just kept going, right? It's just like yeah. weight loss. I, I kept doing my thing. I kept going to school. I kept showing up for podcasting. I kept showing up for coaching and feeling fucking anxiety. Like, no, I didn't feel it. I lived it. I was the embodiment. Yeah. <laughs> it lived in my body with, yeah. with visceral power. But and you I, had compassion for yourself. Right. It, it, I got there. Yeah. I got there. It took some talking off the ceiling conversations. Yes. 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 But compassion, I'm going to tell you if there was probably one thing that like summarizes best where, where, what got me to here mm-hmm. 
would have been compassion. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it. We started with this and I guess it's, it's good to I know. finish up with this. It is a quivering of the heart and it heals. Yeah. It's the medicine. Yeah. It, it's the medicine that heals the world. Mm-hmm. We heal ourselves. We help others heal. We encourage, we're kind. And if we can do that to, to ourselves, it, I think it reflects out into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I can't. Um... Yeah. Okay. So are we, <laughs> like, did we, did we touch on the last one? I guess you're telling me we did. <laughs> the, oh, um, the mindfulness. Mm-hmm. The accepting the, that we're, that we're experiencing the human suffering. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think. Good. Anything you want to add? Any last things you want to wrap up? Mm. You know, okay. There's a couple of words that, or a couple of phrases I highlighted that I think I, I like. I like the softening of the heart. Mm-hmm. I like that. It go, kind of goes with the quivering of the heart. It's the yeah. softening of the heart for, for our own needs and meeting ourselves where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, we were talking this morning in our pregame, how so many people are disconnected Mm -hmm. from their bodies. This goes Mm -hmm. back to grounding, but it also, it ties in with self-compassion. They don't feel their hearts quiver. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's so important to get into that state, that grounded state where we practice our breathing and we understand what our body signals are. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and if you, you know, if you're one of those people listening and you say, I don't feel, I don't feel in my body, then you can start this practice in small ways every day. It is the small ways. That's how you get there. Getting connected with yourself. Um, I was telling you pregame about um, I've gone down some trauma studies and just the language that they use where they talk about how we learn as children, the things that we learn and how the body remembers the feelings, but there's a, there's a whole vocabulary out there that you and I have not heard before that people use to explain the body as, you know, there's our brain that tells us consciously, but then there's the limbic system and the hippocampus and all that other stuff and how this, that the body tells a story too. Yes. And yeah. And I think we have some future episodes that are we're coming up where we're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it is fascinating. And I think I'm so interested. I, I, we come at it from such different places because for you, you talk about how it was intuitive mm-hmm. for you. And for me, it's just the opposite. I was one of those people who completely disassociated mm. head and body. Mm. And have just over the last year and a half really started figuring out what are my feelings? What are the signals my body is giving me? I've really started listening. And um, 
And I'm still fascinated sometimes by how those connections, mm-hmm. how we can live our whole lives missing those. And you know, you, you've said it beautifully before. We're meant to work together. Our brains and our bodies are meant to work together. That's the way we're built. If you resist, if you fight, if you, if you don't practice or get connected, that's, I'm going to say problems. Yeah. Yeah. Problems. That's right. (laughs) And and just the opposite. When you do start practicing that mindfulness, when you do Mm -hmm. practicing Mm -hmm. self-compassion, talk about getting into integrity. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, align your heart. There you go. It, that's, that's exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, if you want to, to start developing that oxytocin and those opiates naturally, then self-compassion is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I I'm going to say, if you want to feel like you belong and you want to feel connected yeah. to the, to the universe, to the world, <laughs> yeah. um, self-compassion, yeah, self-compassion. Yeah. Dump self-esteem. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you have self-compassion, then I think that's, that's where, that's where it is. Yeah. Because then you just feel good about yourself, you know, and other kinda, people. Yeah. Like, oh, there's room for all of us. What's who says that there's room for all of us in this. And but, we well, all a, experience suffering. That's a coaching thing. Like there's uh, like, there's, there's room for all of us at the top. Yeah. We don't have to have one above the other. There's room for all of us. We all belong. So I don't, I don't think I've, I've ever told the story on the podcast, but when I was 27, I was working in business at the time. I was just teaching part-time and I was working in, in business and, um, I won the, uh, young businesswoman or young professional of the year award through our local BPW. And I had to give a speech both at that level and then at the next level. And my my whole speech, I look back at it today and I smile um, because it was very naive in some ways. But in some ways, I think I had it right all along because I talked about how as women, we had to learn to reach down and help each other Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. rather than stepping on each other along the way. Right. And. And I had experienced both at that point in my life. And uh, so I, I think about that with self-compassion, you know, self-compassion makes us want to reach down and help somebody else up because we know there's plenty of room. Yep. And we're yep. all just going to keep moving forward. Yep. So good. All right. So if you are looking for some one-on-one coaching, then um, you can check me out if you're interested at soniagreencoaching.com and find all the information. And Judith? You can find me at uh, NoBS Weight Loss Program. If you Google Corinne Crabtree, losing 100 pounds, any of those avenues will get you to me. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we offer those amazing private coaching opportunities. Also, we would like to say that if you enjoy this podcast as much as we do, then please rate us, give us a five-star review on iTunes or Google podcast or <laughs> have some self-compassion. That's give us a five star. <laughs> I, that, that is not self-esteem speaking. <laughs> 
That's a confidence thing. I love how you always say that though. I have to tell you every week, I'm like, go Sonia. Yeah. Get it girl. That's all right. Ask Um, for what we want. (laughs) Just plant those seeds. But you know, this, the, the podcast is, is gaining steam and people can find us. Mm-hmm. When you go in and, and write our podcast and bump it up there. And we, we don't really want to do um, commercials. That's not the way we want to kind of promote, you know, it we don't even cross my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, remember I just doing this so I can help get over my anxiety. That's right. Look at that. <laughs> so anyway, go in there and give us a five-star rating and we would appreciate it so much. Yes. Yes. Uh, next week we'll be back. Um, I think we may be talking about how to measure success possibly. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Bye.